My brothers and sisters, we want to celebrate tonight the Lord's mercy toward our church and our families in being the magnificent matchmaker. The matchmaker is not someone that takes little sticks and puts brimstone on the end to start fires. The match is a match called marriage. And the matchmaker is the one who makes so many many marriages happen, the marriages that count. The marriages that count are not John F. Kennedy and Jackie. The marriages that count, many of them are sitting in this room and some of them are in the Bible. And we want to quickly go through them and share some other things with you as well tonight. But we want to bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, bless His holy name for the marriages that He's given us, including yours, Mother Joy. God created male and female. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him, male and female created He them. Male and female created He them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. God created male and female. That's what makes up marriage. And He blessed them and He called their name Adam. God did not like Adam single, the Bible tells us. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. God introduced Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us that. What a, what a glorious event when the Lord introduced these two to each other. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. I told you he introduced them. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to think about being in the Garden of Eden and seeing the Lord Jehovah, creator of the heavens and the earth, taking a rib, making a woman, taking her by the hand. Adam's not clothed. Eve isn't clothed. And introducing the two of them to each other. Adam, here's your new friend. What do you think? And he slobbered for the first time in the history of the world. God introduced them. God married Adam and Eve. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. God made this marriage because those words which are read at most marriage ceremonies were first given by the Lord as he instructed Adam on the relationship with Eve. God matched and married them. He made Eve perfect for Adam, a help meet for Adam. Eve was the perfect complement, and that's, a, that's with an E in the middle of it, meaning that she was appropriate and very fitting and helpful to Adam. He introduced them to each other. Imagine it. We've already thought, thought that particular thought. And he gave rules for their marriage, leave and cleave. Leave father and mother and cleave unto your wife. He gave rights for the marriage, two or one flesh. And he gave roles for the marriage. Adam was to lead Eve, his wife. God matched and married them. It's a wonderful thing that our God invented, created, designed, and made happen with our first parents. Our first parents didn't go to any dances. They didn't join any internet dating service. The Lord took care of them. Adam didn't know where to go. He didn't know who to write. He didn't know whose dad to talk to. The Lord took care of it all, though. His case was very hopeless. 
he went through all the animals, and he found that there were two of each kind. You can go read it in Genesis chapter 2 and verse, uh, verses, I think verse 19. And there was found no help meet for Adam, but there was for all these animals. And the Lord took care of that. When the, when the case seems hopeless, never be hopeless. The Lord's going to come through for those that put their trust in Him. Amen. God hated mixed marriages right off the bat. We got into trouble in our Christian family way back then. Forget Cain. I'm not talking about Cain and all the descendants that came from him. They were the children of the devil. But I'm talking about the, the, the descendants of Seth and Enos. Came to pass... When men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. That's a horrible verse in Genesis chapter 6. It came to pass, when there were more and more people, now it was easy to go out and just pick one, that the sons of God, those were the ones that worshipped God, feared Him, and were His elect, the remnant in the earth, began to marry the daughters of men. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. He considered that an act of rebellion against him, that the children of God would go marry the daughters of men. For that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in 120 years. Those three verses tell us that God purposed to drown the earth with a flood of water 120 years later because Christians were marrying un unbelievers. Marriage must be in the Lord. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. Only in the Lord. This is the word of God in the New Testament. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man. In the Lord. Marriage must be in the Lord. Marriage is now complicated because it has to be in the Lord. God commands we must marry only Christians. Only Bible Christians, as we understand Bible Christianity, counts. We can't marry someone because they're a Christian by the Almanac's definition. The Almanac says that one-third of the earth's population is Christian. Bible Christians are only 1% of 1% of 1% of the earth's population, and I was kind, speaking of a large Number of elect. Such a very small remnant denies good matches, doesn't it? If we have to look around and marry someone that fears the Lord the way that the Lord has taught us to fear Him, we'll never find anyone. It's impossible. Such a small little church as ours, and there's no internet dating site for Bible Christians as defined by the Church of Greenville. The only one I found stopped doing business because they only had one person in it. The Lord Jehovah in history and in us has done gloriously. Even though He has complicated the matter by saying He wants us to marry someone that believes Him and worships Him the way we do. And I say complicate, complicated things. I mean that reverently and respectfully. The Lord Jehovah in history... And in this church is done gloriously, and we want to give Him the glory tonight. All glory to God for godly spouses. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity. This is the theme verse from our couple's retreat last week. 
which he hath given thee under the sun. It is God's gift to have a wife to live joyfully with and to love all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. It is God's gift. And when God has purposed to give a gift, and when the Bible describes him giving that gift, he will get that gift to its recipients. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Is there anyone in here that has obtained favor of the Lord? Matthew, I'm so thankful that you have already jumped into this fray with uh, 21 years between you and Gloria. And Charlie, I'm glad to see your hand. And we all should be thankful. From our first two parents and the impossible case that they had, and the Lord found an Eve for Adam in an impossible situation and brought her all the way to him. You say, well, she was right there all along. She was just there next to his heart, under his arm. Yes, but the Lord had to pull it out and do some pretty decent surgery for that to all work out. And he did. And he did. And that's no harder for him than what he's done in this room. House and riches are the inheritance of fathers. Those are things that fathers want to give to their children and children's children, a house and riches. And a prudent wife is from the Lord. When it happens, it's from the Lord. So tonight, we want to give the Lord the glory. We want to give the Lord the credit, the praise, and the thanksgiving for what He's done to this little church that takes a stand on many things. And when a brother in another part of the world tried to take a stand similar to ours, but only 1% of the stands that we take, you know, over half of His church disappeared. But look what He's done for us. Marriage miracles. Will you consider a few with me? The earth's population is not too big for the Lord. He can easily arrange for His elect to meet. He can easily arrange for these elect to marry. You know, it's one thing to get Him to meet, but then it's another thing that they'd like to spend the rest of their lives with each other. How does He pull that off? We owe Him much praise and thanksgiving for it. We owe Him godly and loving marriages because of it. And for the spouses God has given us, let's make sure that we treat them the way He expects us to treat them. Because it is a gift from Him. We've obtained favor from the Lord, and let's show Him our appreciation in praise and thanksgiving and in loving our spouses the way we should. Marriage miracle number one. Abraham. He had to move 500 miles away. There weren't very many high school girls that wanted to leave with him when he left Ur of the Chaldees, burned his idols, stamped them into the ground, and left his family, friends, profession, house, and property to travel to well, I'm, I'm not sure right now. I can't take time on these because i got to whip through them. But it's Abraham. I want you to think about Abraham needing a wife. And the Lord had a half-sister prepared for him named Sarah. And be, Abraham and Sarah got together. Remember when you use the plus and equal sign for Jonathan and Sherry and so forth? Sitting in a tree? Abraham and Sarah... Look what Isaac came out of Abraham and Sarah and the nation of Israel. The whole nation of Israel is the father of the faithful. But there's a mother of the faithful. It's just that the Bible mentions the father. You know, I find Sarah in Hebrews chapter 11. I find Sarah in Romans chapter 4. Marriage miracle number 2. How about Isaac, their son? He needed a wife. And Abraham sent his servant away. And what a wonderful story that is of finding Rebekah. She didn't even want to stay. When her mother and her brother said, will you stay ten days? 
so that you can kiss and hug on us and we can fix you your favorite meals before you go? She said, it's of the Lord. There's an Isaac waiting somewhere. Let me out of here. What a great woman. What a, that's, that's a godly woman right there. Wonderful providential love story of the servant making that prayer and Rebecca coming right out and fulfilling the terms and conditions of his prayer. That's a marriage miracle in the earth. That was several hundred miles traveled to find a wife. Marriage miracle number three. Jacob plus, oh, we got a problem here because there were four marriages. But let's start with Leah. Well, Jacob and Leah, they weren't that hot of an item. Yeah, but the Lord took care of that because it was a very productive marriage in that Leah had six sons. Half of the tribes of Israel came out of Leah. Marriage miracle number four is Jacob again. It's Jacob plus Rachel this time, and that equals a seven-year love story. And two of the tribes and two of Jacob's favorite sons, Joseph and Benjamin. That's a marriage miracle. Again, he had to travel. He was running away from home because Esau was going to kill him. Marriage miracle number five. How about Joseph? He's sold into slavery. He's down there in Egypt. He's accused of rape, put in prison, brought out of prison. And then Pharaoh gives him the daughter of the priest of the Egyptian religion, the priest of An. Asenath. It's Joseph and Asenath. Did the Lord have himself a woman in the nation of Egypt for Joseph? He said no to Mrs. Potiphar. Did he get a decent woman? A woman that, that Pharaoh thought was the best he could give him. The daughter of the priest of On. Was she a good wife for him? She gave birth to two tribes of Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Joseph died, Manasseh and Ephraim and their children, their children's children, didn't become part of Egypt. I wonder who was seeing to that. I wonder who was converted and helped these two boys become two tribes of Israel. It's a marriage miracle. Marriage miracle number six. How about Moses? You want to talk about it being bleak? People come into our church and say, listen, if I was to go to that church, it would be like being in a desert. There, there's, no, there's, no, there's, there's no girls in that church. There's only a few of them. It's, it's being like being in a desert. But the Bible sent Moses to the backside of the desert. And he found Zipporah on the backside of the desert. Now what's the backside of the desert look like? The desert's bad enough, but what about the backside? The elect found on the backside of the desert. Is that a a marriage miracle? Number six, Zipporah. Did he have a great father-in-law when that man came to meet him in Israel? Amen. And when circumcision needed to be done, did this woman do the job? She did say, you're a bloody husband unto me. But she did it. Marriage miracle number seven, Othniel. Say, who in the world is that? Who did he marry? Well, that should help, shouldn't it? Axa. Now you know who it is. Othniel and Axa. Othniel was Caleb's nephew. Caleb was an 85-year-old man. He said, Joshua, Moses promised me that when we got in here, I was going to be able to get the mountains that had the giants on them. Now give me my mountain. And so the Joshua gave him the mountain, the mountain that all the Israelites were afraid to fight because there were giants there. And Caleb said, whoever takes the giants and gets that mountain for me, for the city of Hebrew, 
was not the city of Hebrew, but Hebron. The city of Hebron was, for the rest of the stories in the, in the Old Testament, can have my daughter. So his nephew took the mountain, destroyed the giants, married Caleb's daughter, Aksa, took the city of giants for a dowry, and Othniel ended up being a judge for 40 years of Israel. Marriage miracle. Taking out giants as a dowry. How about this man? Marriage miracle number eight. Are you into this man's life history? Salmon. Salmon. Who did he marry? Rahab. Salmon and Rahab. Salmon. A Canaanite prostitute? Yes, with so much faith. She's in Hebrews 11 and James 2. Praise the Lord. This man had the courage to take a repentant Canaanite prostitute. And who was their son? Boaz. Isn't that great? That's a marriage miracle. That that woman, you know, the city walls fell down. There was just one little section that was still standing. And that's where she and her family were living. Because they had a scarlet thread hanging out the window. The Lord had his eyes on Selman and Rahab from before the world began. Because the Bible says, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Isn't that a great love story? Hollywood can't do anything. The greatest love of, oh, come on. Marriage miracle number nine. Let's take their son. You know, since, since daddy married a Canaanite and it turned out real good, Boaz plus Ruth equals a Moabite widow with virtue for David, their great-grandson. Boaz would have had the courage to marry outside the, the lines of his ancestors within Israel because his father had. Just a great story. This woman's in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ, along with Rahab. It's a marriage miracle. He was an older widow. He was an older man. She was a widow. She was a Moabite. But the Lord took care of it, and you know the story well. Marriage miracle number 10. Elkanah. Elkanah plus Hannah. Well, that was a polygamous marriage. Yeah, oh, yes it was. But who did Elkanah love? Elkanah loved Hannah. And Elkanah plus Hannah equaled Samuel serving in the tabernacle at five. Who could get a couple together where the woman wanted a child so bad that she said, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him back to you for the rest of his life and then find a man that would let a man child go to the tabernacle for the rest of his life. Who would get that kind of a couple together? Do you think they have that kind of stuff on Match.com? That if you have a child... You're going to give them up to the Lord? No, this is the Lord. It's a marriage miracle. Marriage miracle number 11, David plus Bathsheba. You're kidding. It's a marriage miracle. It wasn't a marriage that should have taken place. But is God able to overrule sin, wickedness, and folly if the parties repent? David plus Bathsheba equals a forgiven adulteress for Solomon and the Lord Jesus Christ through Joseph. But it doesn't end there. David plus Bathsheba equals a forgiven adulteress for Nathan, another one of the four sons that she gave David 
for the Lord Jesus Christ through Mary. Get a load of that. Is that a marriage miracle? That's a marriage that shouldn't have taken place. Because the Lord's able to overrule your foolishness. The Lord's able to overrule sin and make great things come out of it. Praise the Lord. Marriage miracle number 13, Ahasuerus. He was king of what empire? The Persian Empire plus Esther equals love story, salvation of the Jews, and Nehemiah. When you read the book of Nehemiah chapter 2, and Nehemiah comes in there scared for his life, asking for leave of absence to go to check on the rebuilding of Jerusalem, it says in parentheses, the queen was sitting by him. Yes. Uh, do you think he was going to hear no? The queen was sitting by him. She wasn't out begging for entrance into his court. <clears throat> Marriage miracle number 13. Marriage miracle 14. Zacharias plus Elizabeth equals raise the greatest man born of women according to the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Were they two special cases? Have you ever read what they said in Luke chapter 1 about the Lord Jesus Christ and the promises God had made to Israel? How about marriage miracle number 15, Joseph plus Mary equals a just man gets a great wife and Jesus. The Bible tells us he was a just man because when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he sat down and thought through it very carefully because he did not want to make her a public example and an angel came to him. The Bible tells us he was a just man. Justice is not always cutting someone's head off. He was a just man. And the Lord came to him and comforted, comforted him and he got himself a great woman, and he was the presumed father of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a marriage miracle. Well, how about this one? Peter plus Mrs. Peter equals she remained married to the first pope. I mean, just think if Peter had married the wrong woman, who would have left him when he became pope? I hope all the children understand that I speak as a fool. Marriage miracle number 17, Aquila plus Priscilla equals what? One dynamic duo that you can read through the pages of Holy Scripture. These were scattered Jews that were, that were raised in Pontus, that went to Rome, that got kicked out of Rome because the Caesar said he didn't want Jews in Rome. They went to Corinth, they met up with Paul, they sewed tents together, they met up with Apollos, they converted him, and by the time we get to Romans 16, there's a church in their house. A dynamic duo for the Lord. Marriage miracle number 18, the Lord Jesus Christ is the groom. He's the man, the man Christ Jesus plus the church, meaning us, equals the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The two of us together equal that according to the definition of the Holy Spirit. Again, the Lord Jesus Christ plus us equals a great mystery of love and unity. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 32. Again, the Lord Jesus Christ plus the church equals the doctrine of election as an arranged marriage. Because that's exactly what it is. We believe in arranged marriages. An arranged marriage is won by the choice of another. God arranged the first marriage, Adam and Eve. God arranged Isaac and Rebekah and many more. And He's arranged our marriages by His providence. Man proposes, 
By wisdom or folly, it doesn't matter. God disposes. Two great marriage needs. He has graciously arranged our own miracles right here in this assembly. Our own marriage miracles. Obstacles in a small church are nothing to Him. He's proven it to us. We owe Him praise and thanksgiving for doing this. And what are the three steps to reviving marriages that are found in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5? Recall your first love, repent, and do the first works. Recall your first love. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent and do the first works. Now hold on for a few more minutes of remembering from whence thou art fallen. We want to recall some first love. This is what the Bible says about God arranging miracle marriages for us. Now let's look at some of them. 